Welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy TV. I'm Sarah Pearsons, and it is so exciting to just come into your house and or your car, wherever you are, and share the Word of God with you. It is the, the most important thing that we want you to get today that would be our heart's desire is that you would know the love of God. You know, God doesn't just want us to be acquainted with His love. He wants us to know intimately His love. He wants us to be filled up to the height, filled up to the width, filled up to the depth, filled up as far as we can be filled up with His amazing love. And not just to, to hear about it and to, to think that we understand it, but to fully comprehend it, to grasp it with our whole being, to experience it on an uh, on the highest level every single day. So, so today we pray that you would experience His love. And one of the greatest ways you can know the love of God is by hearing the Word of God. And today we wanna share with you the message that Jeremy preached at Karis Bible College, Andrew Womack's ministry in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Just some uh, fundamentals on what it means to live um, in this conversation between grace and faith. You know, fear is an enemy to your faith. And Jesus said it best. Do you remember that time when Jairus came running to Jesus and he cried out for Jesus to come and heal his little girl? And Jesus went with him and all this, all these uh, this time on the, they had on the way back to Jairus' house, he had so many opportunities to fear. But what did Jesus say? He said, fear not, only believe. And I believe that's God's word to you today. What Jeremy's gonna share with you today on what it means to not, not live in, in this uh, underneath the weight and the fear of bondage, but to know that you are a child of God, you are in the family of God, you are not any more subject to that bondage of fear, but you have a daddy and you have a spirit of God in you that cries out, Abba, Father, you have a daddy. And to know that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. You know, the solution to fear is just to go find out how much you're loved. Just go spend some time here in the Word on the love of God. And that's what we have for you today. Stick around. And at the end, I'll be back to pray with you right after this message. Stay here in the book of Mark. Just turn over with me to chapter five. In chapter five, which you Bible school students will be interested to know, comes right after chapter four. <laughs> deep revelation there. But in chapter four, Jesus had been preaching, preaching the message, the sower sows the word. Talked about the word getting sown on different kinds of ground. Got sown four times and it only worked once. And as a kid growing up in a house that went to the word for everything, that catches my attention to find out, are you telling me it's possible that the word wouldn't work in your life? And he had to go back and address each kind of ground it got sown on. We're not going to take time to do that. But the point here is he's preaching to them the word, the word, the word, the word. The sower is out there sowing the word. Somebody help me. What comes when the word is heard? Faith, faith, faith. And he leaves from preaching that message and gets on a boat with his disciples. You remember this, right? He goes down to the bottom of that boat and goes to sleep. And the storm comes up on this sea. And the disciples come down to him in chapter four. They awoke him in verse 38 and said, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? 
And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. The wind ceased. There was a great calm. Then he said to them, man, I'm glad you guys woke me up. We all would have died. No, he said to him, why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? Fearful, no faith. Full of fear, no faith. You see, all my childhood, I grew up focusing on that. Presence of fear, absence of faith. Where faith is present, fear is absent. Where fear is present, faith is absent. But in the last couple of years, the Lord put a different emphasis on this scripture to me. And it was this word here. Jesus said, why are you so fearful? How is it? How's this even possible that you have no faith? Now, he didn't just say this to the crowd. He said this to people. Watch it now. Let me get up in your personal space. He said it to people who should have known who he was. He said it to people who had just heard the word. And not only did they hear the word, they pulled him aside later and said, can you explain this parable to us? And he unfolded it. He gave them revelation of the word. The word himself gave revelation of the word. Faith should have been present. And he said, how is this even possible that you, of all these people who have heard this word, you see what you see, you hear what you hear. They don't see it. Their hearts are dull, but you do. And still no faith. How's this possible? You got to go back to the question they asked him. Teacher, don't you care? Now, folks, you can bring a lot of stuff to God and he can handle it. But one of the things I recommend you don't say to him is you don't care about me. Because all he's ever done is care about you. All he's ever done is love you. You want to know why these guys had no faith? It wasn't because Jesus expected them to stand up and speak to the storm necessarily. They'd never seen anybody do that. I don't think they had a reference of that. He knew faith was absent and fear was present because they questioned his love. Faith works by love. Perfected love does what? Casts out fear. They questioned his love. Where there is no revelation of love, there is no operation of faith. Where there is no revelation of love, there is no operation of faith. And where there is no operation of faith, there is no, can be no impartation of grace. Comes back to knowing he loves you. You want to see your faith grow to all new heights? Faith giant? Just get in this book and find every place you can that tells you how much he loves you. Watch your faith grow. So they're coming out of this into chapter five. We won't take time to read this here. He, this is where they encounter who I call the crazy naked guy who comes running out of the tombs completely naked. But he saw Jesus. He saw grace from afar and he ran and he worshiped him. Grace said, come out of the man. This man was healed. This goes on. They come back over, cross back over the sea. And in chapter five, verse 21, when Jesus had crossed over again, when grace had come back again 
to the other side, a great multitude gathered to grace and grace was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and he begged him earnestly. I like Matthew's translation of this. It says he worshiped him. That's the appropriate response right there to the presence of grace, to the presence of the goodness and the kindness of God. Worship. He worshiped him. He worshiped him and he said, he said, he's responding. There's a conversation taking place here. Come lay your hands, back up. My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Man, that's, that's what faith sounds like, doesn't it? This is what's going to happen. This is what will happen. And the next words in verse 24 are some of my favorite words in all of scripture. What's it say? Jesus went with him. I love that. That's what you need. I mean, what will you still lack if you're in the presence of Jesus? What lack could you possibly still have? What sickness can stay alive in the presence of the healer himself? Jesus went with him. No recorded words, no recorded interaction other than grace was present, faith responded, grace responded again. Now a conversation's taking place. Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and suffered many things from many physicians. She'd spent all that she had was no better, but rather it grew worse. When she heard, somebody help me. What comes when you hear? Faith comes. This conversation just got started for this woman when she heard about Jesus. When she heard about grace, she came behind him in the crowd, touched his garment for she said. Does anybody else see this? This, this ongoing thing here, grace is present. Grace is speaking. Faith's responding. Grace comes, faith finds it. This is so simple. Is it not so simple? She said, if I touch his clothes, I'll be made well immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, grace, knowing immediately in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And then she reached out and grabbed a hold of the hem of that garment, that prayer cloth. You've, know, you've known this, you've heard this before, but that was referred to, that prayer cloth, the very, the tassels of it, the end of it were referred to as the wings. Am I right? I mean, this woman got a hold of the revelation that the son of righteousness has risen with healing in his wings. I'm gonna grab a hold of that thing. And my healing is there. She said it. She said it in response to what she had heard. Who touched me? And they looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him. This woman has just found herself in the exact same place that Jairus just found himself at the feet of Jesus, where the crazy naked guy found himself at the feet of Jesus, and they all got what they came for. Faith will put you at the feet of Jesus every time. And if it's not taking you there, it's not faith. If it's faith in your own faith, it's not productive. It won't produce anything. But if it will bring you into the presence of Jesus, if it will bring you to the feet of Jesus, you'll walk away with what you came for. He said to her in verse 34, Grace said, Daughter, 
Your faith, now grace is speaking directly to faith, as I love it. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Now, these are the first recorded words we have from Jesus to Jairus. What did he say to him? Do not be afraid, only believe believe. What's going on here? Jairus now is going to have to decide who he's going to get in conversation with. Because on one hand, grace has gone with him. But right now, he just got a new word. He just got another report. And in my mind, I can see that messenger that came to him saying it with a tone almost of bitterness because you've got to remember who Jairus is. This is a ruler of the synagogue. This position he holds and the people he, run with, he runs with, these are not what you might consider founding members of the Jesus Christ fan club. <laughs> As a matter of fact, he's well aware that being out there, not just out there, but at the feet of this man may have just cost him his job, his place in society, his reputation, and every relationship he's got. I want to tell you something. Faith couldn't care less. When there's a need like this one, I don't care who thinks, let them think what they want to think. Let them say what they want to say. I'm going to the only person who can do anything about this. And my daughter's life far outweighs somebody else's reputation in me. So he did what faith would do, fell at the feet of Jesus. Now this messenger comes and says, she's dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? So now he's got something he's going to have to decide. What am I going to respond to here? What will I respond to here? What I believe can be or what presently is? What am I going to respond to? And I love it. Jesus turns around and in my mind, he pulls Jairus in by the lapels of that $5,000 suit. He pulls him up into his face and he says, if you want me to do what you came here to get me to do, do not be afraid. There's no room for fear right now. You can only believe. That's the only thing you have any room to do right now is believe. I can do this thing, but you have to believe me. Isn't this interesting? I mean, if Jairus didn't have anything to do with it, why would Jesus say any of this? If he's going to go there and heal her anyway, why would it be important to say to Jairus, don't be afraid? Don't be afraid. My grandfather says it like this. He says a lot of things, but this is one thing I think is really good. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Do not tolerate the fear. I could just see Jesus eye to eye with him. I can see him eye to eye with you right now. Let him draw you in right now. 
look you in the eye and say, do not be afraid. Just believe. Just believe me. So they go on to the house. You know the story. Verse 37, Jesus' grace permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child's not dead, but is sleeping. And they ridiculed him. This is, I love this next statement right here. You ready? Write, write this down, underline this, circle it, highlight it, whatever you got to do. After they ridiculed him, verse 40, what's it say? But when he had put them all outside. I love it, man. I just love it. They ridiculed him. But his response to the ridicule was just to put them all outside. I'm just going to put you out here. And I got to tell you something, friends. When you're standing and believing God and there's life and death hanging in the balance, this is not a time to let anybody and everybody just give you their opinion about why God's doing this thing and the mysteries of his will and all that. And I don't care how related you are to these people. You got to say, mama, I love you, but not right now. And you have got to very lovingly shut the door on anything and any word and any influence that is not going to support your faith in God. And you got to tell him like, look, I love you. And as soon as I get my healing, I can talk to you again. But if this is the stuff you're going to come at me with, we can't hang out right now. You got to shut the door. And I'm sure that many of the people that he shut the door on were related to Jairus. Very well could have been his mother-in-law. It could have been his, his family, these people in here. And he had to shut the door to where the only voice of influence in the room was the voice of grace and the voice of faith. Are you brave enough to do that? You confident enough? Can you do it in love? I love you, but go away. <laughs> not right now, not right now, not right now. He shut the door on it. There, the only thing that there was room for in this room was faith. And when you're standing and believing God, like I know many of you are for many things, I don't know if it's healing in your body or provision or whatever it is, there's only room for faith. I challenge you with something. Be watchful over what teaching you feed on. There's a lot of wonderful teaching, a lot of wonderful things in the body of Christ. But many of you in here, I know, are called not just to listen, but to teach. There's a difference between a student who sits in a class and the professor who teaches the class. A student attending a college is afforded the luxury of taking this class and this class and this one and this one and this one. But that professor, that professor is required to be an expert in one thing, which means his field of study has to be very, very narrow. And though there may be other things that pique his curiosity or her interest, as a professor, as one standing there delivering this message, they are required to be an expert in this. 
And I had to do this in my own life. There was a time, and it wasn't even that long ago, where I was just really gleaning from this one and listening to that. And good things, good things, good things. But I realized something. I was born in the house of faith. This is the tree that gave life to me. And I can't be a branch on somebody else's tree. And many, 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 many people have the ability to learn here and learn there and study this. And I think that's great. That's wonderful. There's a lot of things we can learn from a lot of people. But if God's called you into ministry, then he's given you an assignment to open up his word and to speak from a place of revelation that cuts deep to the hearts of men and women. And there may come a time in your life where you have to shut the door on anything and everything that doesn't just flat out feed your faith. Be watchful. You know the rest of the story. He shuts the door on it. He tells her to get up. She gets up. He tells them to feed her. They feed her. And I challenge you to go back through the word of God and find people that got their lives changed in this conversation between grace and faith. Find your life in it. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.